Hello and welcome to the final French Football Weekly International Edition podcast. Uh, my name is Chris. I am your host as usual. And um, it didn't quite work out how we might have hoped this particular podcast might work out. I'm sure by now you're all aware of the reasons why. But uh, nevertheless, we're going to chew it over. So, uh, Jez, I welcome you on to the show as usual. It's the it's the afternoon after the afternoon before, <laughs> so to speak. Um, we just just set off air before we started recording today. It, it does sting, doesn't it? And obviously we'll come on to the, the game and, and everything that went with it. But just your kind of raw emotions right now, like a, a day and a half after the, the final, which, of course, you know, we'll just say off the bat, because I'm probably not going to say it again, congratulations to Argentina. And yes, I'm fully aware by now it, it's lovely to see Messi lift a World Cup. Um, I think we've, I'm kind of a bit over that now, <laughs> I've got to be honest. But what's, from a French perspective, how are you feeling today? And, and what's your sort of overall take on, on what occurred in the final yesterday? I mean, because you mentioned Messi there. Let's, yeah. <clears throat> I don't begrudge him whatsoever. Emiliano Martinez is a different matter. And if he broke both his legs on his return to Aston Villa, I wouldn't shed any tears. <laughs> but um, that goes for a few of their players, actually. But anyway, I, I don't, fault, I don't way, begrudge Messi whatsoever. And, you know, let's be clear, Argentina were the better team for most of the 120 minutes. And it probably had France won it. I think it would have been fair to say that Argentina were robbed to an extent. But all that said, um, as a Brighton fan, I've I've sort of experienced last day relegation and relegation that was so nailed on from like January that you've got a lot of time to deal with it. And the same for promotion and playoff final defeats and things like that. And obviously, the, you know... I messaged a friend of mine on about 70 minutes and said, you know, at least we've got 90 minutes to come to terms with this defeat rather than some kind of horrible nerve shredding penalty shootout defeat. Um, And having ended up with that nerve shredding penalty shootout defeat, I don't know which one's better or worse. I mean, it's horrible to lose in that way, but on 70 minutes, France were about to lose a final without a shot on target. Nothing had gone right. It was really bad capitulation, which made you think maybe this virus, and I still think this virus was a lot worse than they were letting on. Um, the defeat hurts a lot because, you know, it was so close ultimately to winning it. But in the cold light of day, I just think the overriding feeling is is huge pride First of all, I think the way the match went highlighted a lot of the problems that France had to, had to contend with over the last month, which I think just makes their run to the final even more impressive. And just the way that they did finally react and make an epic match of it. You know, I don't give a shit that it's the greatest final in history because um, France lost. But, um, well... Officially, they didn't lose and they're still unbeaten in four World Cup finals. <laughs> but, um, you know, what I mean, like, it's not much of a consolation, but just the the fact that they sort of 
you know, revolted from uh, such a bad situation so late into the game and made an amazing match of it and could have won it, um, I think just speaks volumes of the character in the team. Um, and also sort of, I guess, gives hope for the future because, you know, you could say that it was the old guard that got France to the final and that it was much of the old guard that went a little bit missing yesterday. But the fact that it was some of the youngsters, you know, Kolomuani, Turam, youngish, 25, 25, Kamavinga, that they're the ones who, you know, grabbed the match by the scruff of the neck and almost changed things around is, is sort of a little bit of a consolation because hopefully that bodes well for, for the next few years. Mm. Yeah, there, there is, I mean... There's so much to pick through and and um, as much as people might expect us to do like a full match review, I think that would just be too painful. But I want to pick up on a, a few of the things you said there straight away. Let's address the virus, first of all, because there was a lot of talk about an hour before the game that, that Turan was going to start over Giroud. That didn't happen. It was very clear to me, and I, I know that some people, particularly on, on Twitter, I know this is hard to imagine, but people were, were speculating on Twitter and and being morons, who'd have thought? But they were sort of saying, oh, well, France only mentioned this virus when they were 2-0 down. I could personally, I just could see it from the off. You know, I say could see it, couldn't literally see the the uh, the virus, but you could see that there was at least, I counted four players that didn't look right. Um, those being Giroud, Dembele, we might come on to it in a minute, um, Griezmann. Uh, I thought Varane looked looked tough. Mm-hmm. And I thought Rabio looks looks rough. And you maybe could throw in a few others. Teo Hernandez looked. Um, we all know he's not the best defender, but even he, some of his judgment calls didn't look right. So you could arguably say six. How much of that do you feel will either come out later on that it was actually a lot worse than we suspected, or or how much of it was, you know, sort of Deschamps just going right. We're not going to use this as an excuse. We've still got the quality. We we'll go out there and we try and win it because there was players that were being kept apart wasn't there, to make sure this didn't spread. Yeah, I mean, first of all, ridiculous to say it's only come up two 0 down. I mean, it's been in the news all week. Rabiot and Upamecano missed the semi final because they had the virus um, during the week. Coman, Kanate, and and Varane have all missed training because of the virus. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's caused disruption. It's just, you know, in the lead up to a final, you want everything to go peacefully. Uh, maybe we can talk about all the Benzema bullshit and whether that affected things later as well. But you want everything to be sort of serene in preparation for it. And it was very far from that. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, I think we said it after the semi final that it was weird that considering that the statistics showed that it was the least or the second least that any team had run in any match in the World Cup, that it was a bit shocking just how tired and leggy France looked. And I suppose some of that is the fact that they, you know, have got a very limited first 11. And so everyone was playing a lot of minutes and there's a few players on the wrong side of 30 there. Um, But yeah, I think some of it was, I think it's got to be a part of that. Giroud, I I don't think was the virus. I think he clearly had a knee problem and had run himself into the ground. And frankly, you know, even in the first 41 minutes, I thought he was doing a lot of pressing. The problem is there's no point in pressing if Mbappe and Dembele aren't going to join you in it. So it was a bit of a wasted um, use of energy. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Varan definitely looked affected by it. Rabio for large parts, although he sort of got a second wind. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, like going back to up to 70 minutes, I was sort of thinking in a way, I hope it is the virus because at least there's an excuse for yeah. how bad France have been. And then the fact that they did sort of react makes me wonder to what extent it was a factor. But I, I think it's got to be. There was so... It wasn't just they weren't playing well. There was just no energy there. And this is a World Cup final. Mm. That's that's the bit that I couldn't get my head around. It's like, you know, there had to be... I think somebody... I think it might be the BBC commentary or some who, uh, by yeah. the way, Jermaine Jennings can just get in the bin. Um, but they were mentioning like it was the most sort of strange performance in a World Cup final since the Ronaldo gate of when France won in 98. And I could sort of almost see the similarities. You you touched on the Benzema stuff. He has since come out and retired from international football today. Um some would argue no loss, which is a crazy thing to say, given that he's, you know, obviously the current reigning Ballon d'Or. But there was all this suggestion in the week that he might return to the camp. I, I don't know whether he actually did return out there or, or not. Um, I mean, does that cause any unsettlement at all? I mean, I think it does. And I think it's bullshit. And I'd love to know where it came from, because it wasn't generated from France or the French camp. And I wonder if it was something that, you know, we know the levels of gamesmanship that Argentina go to, and we can we'll talk about that as well. But I just don't understand why he was never going to come back for the final. It's an absolutely it was a ridiculous thing to speculate on, and yet it did seem to affect the camp. And certainly, it was you know it came up in every press conference when it was just a non-starter. You can you know you can argue about whether he should have been brought back earlier or whether he should have been not sent home but I mean that was the you know I think that's the the root of any tensions that are there by all accounts Benzema wanted to stay in Qatar to see if he could get back to full fitness and Deschamps was like you know I'm not having you I don't you know generally he's not liked having injured players there on the off chance that they could get back to full fitness because of the effect that it might have on on other players, you know, am I only there because he's not? If he loses fitness, am I sort of suddenly, you know, surplus to requirements, whatever? And there were rumours that generally, to put it nicely, no one particularly missed him. It wasn't necessarily that he was causing trouble, but it felt like the atmosphere was a little bit less heavy when he wasn't there. Mm. So any idea that he was going to come back was absolutely ridiculous. And yet I do think it affected things a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's one of those quote unquote we'll never know, but it did seem like a weird I don't know, it did seem like a bit of a weird situation to be in. Um once the, the game sort of got underway, I was I was almost the same as you. I, I freely admit at 2-0, I hadn't given up, but I, I tweeted at half time and, and, and just sort of said, you know, those two changes that came just before half time I thought were were very undeschamps-esque, but they were almost like they were a needs must. I mean, he had to change something; it was not working. And at two nil, I I hadn't given up, but I thought this is going to take something monumental. And I, what I couldn't get out of my head was Argentina chucking those two goals away against Holland. And I thought there is still a chance, which yeah, we will we will touch on. But up to that point, what was it that you felt wasn't working? If you put the virus aside. 
we, we do have to touch on a couple of passengers in this game. I mean, Griezmann was, was almost played out of the game. I thought the tactics that Argentina employed were actually quite sensible. There was a lot of shithousery going on as well. And then your old mate Dembele. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to sort of keep this balanced and, and you know, sort of find the, the good that he's done. But, I mean, he was just a ghost, wasn't he, in this well, game? And, and that he's, he's the set penalty. up a goal. <laughs> yeah, he did. And and somebody was doing an analysis on this. They were talking about Di Maria, who, you know, you and I both know from Liga. He's got one foot. He literally has one foot. I don't think he's ever used his right foot. You know what he's going to do. You know he's going to cut inside. And it's just like, what what was Dembele thinking? It's soft. For me, it's not a pen. But no. then I, I would have to sort of agree with, I think, what you said in your tweet. If you give that, you can't give the Turan one or vice versa. Sorry. They were both soft. But it was just, I, I didn't think it was a pen at all. But Argentina deserved to, to lead at that stage. What is it about Dembele? Like, is it is it an attitude thing? Is it just a, a motivation thing? Did he just freeze? I, I just couldn't. I couldn't understand what was going on. Well, he just did what he's been doing the whole time, I think, which is mm. not play very well. Um, look, I think, okay, I'm going to bring England into this twice just to Uh-oh. wind people up. The first one is that at risk of sounding like a bitter England fan, there's been lots of, t- it's funny, half the people have been saying the ref has been ama- was amazing and the other half is saying he was awful. I think it was somewhere in between. I think he got most of the, Big calls right, although I think it was a soft penalty. I think there was no consistency when you consider the the Turan one. I don't understand why he didn't give that back pass. And he pulls play back for a France free kick when he should have played advantage. So I actually forget that about getting the big calls right. He didn't really. But I thought he gave France no protection, considering you... It's not about giving France protection, but you know what Argentina are like. I mean, I missed the first minute or so of the match. And the first thing that I saw when I turned the TV on was, I think it was Paul going straight through Rabio about five, you know, ages after the ball had already gone. He's and there was stuff like that all the time. I mean, even Messi doing it, you know, people flying into Loris or Rabio or whoever it was, and then both players going down and the Argentinian acting like it was him who'd been... Um, clotheslined. There was well, so much. Teo, that. Teo Hernandez got a foul given against him for Messi fouling him, which is exactly. actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that I do think I'm not saying that's why France lost, but had a couple of Argentinians been on bookings a little bit earlier, it may have had an effect of some kind. And I do, I do think that actually had a little bit, a bit of an effect on Griezmann's game. Again, it's not an excuse because he should be ready to sort of take those kicks. But um, it did feel like every time the ball came to him in a very deep area, he was expecting his Achilles to be stamped on. Mm. Um, the But the other thing, which I think is more relevant to wind up England fans... I just think, again, like I said earlier, that I think this sort of highlighted just how good France, what an achievement it was for France to get this far. Um, some some dick on Twitter when I said that said, oh, yeah, pre-season favourites did amazingly to get to the final. It, and I replied, if you think they're favourites, then you haven't got a clue what you're talking about mm-hmm. because they lost the Ballon d'Or, they lost the Bundesliga Player of the Year, they lost their left-back within minutes of the tournament starting, they had to play a right-back who wasn't a right-back, a midfielder who's not a midfielder. 
They lost their starting centre-back. Frankly, they lost their penalty-saving goalkeeper who would have been useful to come on in the 119th minute and might have changed things. You never know. So don't tell me France are one of the favourites. I think it's amazing that they got that far. And to annoy England fans, frankly, this is the first time they came up against a quality team who had the ability and tactical now to simply exploit France's weaknesses. Of The most obvious one being that right flank where Dembele does fuck all and Koundé isn't a right back. So, you know, and, you know, and pinning Griezmann so far back that even when he got the ball, he couldn't do anything with it. So, I, you know, I don't think it was necessarily rocket science on the part of Argentina. I just think they had the ability and intelligence to, to exploit some very obvious weaknesses. And to me, it just highlights even more how France were there for the taking for a supposedly quality team like England and England didn't take it. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree with that on the England side, by the way. Yeah, that's a very good point. As for Dembele, I'm going to find there's a French journalist who wrote a summary of the final. I'm just going to find his quote about Dembele, which I thought was excellent. When Dembele dribbles with no clue of what he's going to do afterwards, Komen is already um, two steps ahead in, um, as he comes out of his dribble. That's bad translation, but I think you know what I mean. Like, Komen has got a bit of intelligence there. I don't think Dembele has got a clue what he's doing. I think he's got the skills and the two-fittedness that he comes out of these situations well sometimes. But I think international football, I think he's been found out. I don't think he's got the discipline or the intelligence for it. Mm. And um, those two substitutions, I feel sorry for Giroud for, you know, everything he's given to France and... You know, he's got to overall be very happy with this, how this World Cup went for him personally. And, but I understand his frustration at, at being taken off. Mm. Um, the fact was, France were being overrun on both flanks. Mbappe was never going to defend, but we know why, because he does something going forward instead. Dembele was just a waste of space, although I agree it wasn't a penalty. Mm. So it made sense to put Mbappe down the middle put Turam on the left, which worked so effectively against Morocco. And um, Kolomuani, who I thought was absolutely fantastic on the right. Mm. Um, yeah, it was very And good. props to Deschamps, you know, he's arguably someone who comes out of yesterday's final better than he went into it as well, because he's always been criticised as not having any tactical nous or, you know, making brave decisions. I thought he, he made some very brave calls yesterday and they nearly paid off. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I I feel like almost a side tangent here, but the, I think the biggest thing that frustrated me about this game was don't get me wrong, I, I was really torn between who I wanted in the final between Croatia and, and Argentina, and I think I, I think I probably wanted Argentina a bit more purely because I thought Croatia would would be uh, a tougher opposition for France. Genuinely, I did, and. I look back now and I still maintain that Argentina weren't great. And I know like I've, some of the people that were sort of talking about the second goal, it was a, it was a very good goal, like really good move, but they're talking about like a goal of the decade. And, and, you know, and again, like you said, I, I am genuinely happy for, for Messi. Like for me, he is, he's the greatest player I've ever watched, but I just felt like some of the, the, the performance, like, sort of lauding some of the performances, but I just thought it was a bit over the top, to be honest. And 
I I do feel, as you said, I don't, I don't really feel like France started playing until they got that first goal at all, whether they weren't capable of playing because of what we've mentioned before or what. But I just, I just, that was the bit that disappointed me the most. I felt like the minute France attacked them, they were there for the taking, um, which we might come on to in, in a second. What, what was your reaction to when they got the penalty? Because that was all created by the substitutes, you know, Colin Wiley's sort of desire to get him behind, Otamendi being the clueless clown that he always has been his whole career, bundling him to the floor and, and the penalty was given. Um, I must admit, I flinched a second when when uh, Martin has got a hand to it, but Mbappe puts that away. Did you did you believe at that point or did you just think, well, it's made a bit of a game of it? Like, Because something made me think I do believe. I don't know what it was, but I just felt yeah, like... Yeah, I, th- I think because of, the, because of the Netherlands match and even the Australia match where they could easily have come back into it. Um, and just because of, you know, the stakes were so high, I definitely thought if France could get one back, Argentina would would um, not lose the plot, but certainly be very nervy. And obviously on the other side, it would give France a little bit of a of a fillip or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously one step at a time, but I definitely thought that if they got the first goal, there was a good chance to get the second. I didn't think it would be 97 seconds later. But, no, no. Um, yeah, I it's just bizarre but there was nothing until that point like you know not even a shot on top I think you know the minutes before the the goal there are a couple of um quarter chance headers for Colin Wani and Mbappe but there was nothing before that and if nothing else just hoof it forward um and just get the confidence of you know have a speculative shot from 30 yards if even if it goes miles over at least you're you're having a shot you're showing some kind of attacking intent and yeah i i agree i mean for what i said about them being um better and more intelligent to exploit france where no one else has been able to i also agree that it's not a great team i mean they lost to saudi arabia they had, you know, none of their perform Croatia, okay, but I don't, apart from that, I wouldn't have said any of their performances have been 100% convincing. And so it is a bit frustrating that, you know, I think the, if France had played at their best on the day, they would have won that. But yeah, it's if buts and maybes. I know. I, exactly. just, I, just, I just felt like, you know, the minute that France really injected that pace, particularly with those three. You know the three the the, the three forward line of, of Mbappe, Kalamani, and and Turam. and even when that Kamavinga came on, I thought Fernandez um, was good as well. I just think that, um, as I said about Griezmann, I just I think Argentina and you know everything about their sort of physicality, which I really do think was overdone at times, and they should have been pulled up on it more. Um, I think it did spook some French players. It did it did get into their heads. And what was weird was that it felt like it get, got into the more experienced players' heads more. Well, maybe that does make sense. And I just thought Colomuani, Turam, they they just came on, played with more freedom, got stuck in themselves as well, showed a little bit of physicality of their own. And it mm. yeah, it didn't take that much for for Argentina to to sort of get a little bit spooked or take half a step backwards themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that, that I mean, that second goal, I mean, talk about Mbappe as a whole, I felt like he he cut a frustrated figure for that long period of time once he got his eye in. I mean, that second goal was just world-class. And, and I think 
I definitely, I don't know if you feel the same, but I do feel like we we saw a different side of him at this tournament. I, I felt like, it, I, I genuinely felt for the guy watching him sort of parade up that ridiculous catwalk and collect that golden boot. And, and by the way, those awards at the end, isn't it? Isn't it funny how all the players who were in that game won awards? Isn't that funny? Can't think why that is. Um, I'm not but, just being bitter and I know penalty shootouts are important and he made that amazing save, but I don't think Martinez was the best goalkeeper. No, I mean, Bunu or, or Livakovic were the two, weren't they? Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, he conceded eight goals from 13 shots. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I really I really felt for Mbappe. And, and I know you've got to go through the protocol having pitches and all that. But he just struck me as a as a player who, you know, um, when he got when he could get away from from Macron, which seems to be quite a tough, tough thing to do for him for a while. He was everywhere. But um, he just cut the figure of, of a player who really believed this was going to be history for him. And it was ultimately with a hat trick in the final. But he, he just cut the look of a figure who Christoph Gelty is going to have quite the job to get his head back into gear again in a few weeks' time. I think Strasbourg is up next for PSG in a week's time. Oh. But I just felt for him like he couldn't have done much more, could he, to, to pull the team back into that final? On the Galtier thing, I disagree. I think uh, I put it in a tweet today. I think Mbappe will be back and on it. Oh yeah, I do agree with your point about Neymar and Messi. Yeah, I, think I, Messi I don't think Neymar will not give a shit for mm. different reasons. My um, my more worry was not so much whether he'll be committed; it's more whether he'll have it in the legs because I felt like he just gave a lot over this tournament, and that, that's that's my worry. I don't think his commitment will be in question, but yeah, go on. Yeah, it's a, so that that's that's the sort of paradox with Mbappe and that's also to be fair why it's stupid to compare him to Messi because Messi's number 10 he's Mm. his job is to be sort of more central and dictate play Mbappe is a finisher so he's reliant on other people so first of all I'm not sure that I expect him to be that shattered although I do worry about the state of his ankles Mm. Um, I agree with you in terms of just generally this tournament, I think he's really matured. And I think even after the final whistle yesterday, I think the way that, first of all, the way he took his responsibilities, you know, remember he missed that penalty two years ago, whatever it was, to score two really high-pressure penalties during the match and then be the first to step up for the penalty shootout and put that one away, I think, just shows huge balls. Mm. And then that, you know, he was the one that was first to console Coman, for example. I, just, I was just very impressed with him in terms of his maturity in that sense. Um, during the match, I think it's, it's difficult to judge him because clearly he's been told, don't defend because we need you as an outlet when we get the ball back. Um, but then for 70 minutes when he's not got the ball, you're thinking, what is the point of him being there? And to an extent, that's how he's played all World Cup. There hasn't been, because as I said, there wouldn't be, although we do see it occasionally with PSG, there haven't been any matches where he's been standout all match. But again, I think it's I think it's 15 goals that France has scored, maybe 16, and he was involved in all but two of them. So you can't, you know, it's difficult to argue against that. And again, just look at his, I mean, he's 23, okay, he's 24 in two days. 
He's 23 and he's already scored more World Cup final goals than anyone else. Mm. He's already sort of sixth or seventh on the all-time World Cup goal scoring list. He's already one of only five players, I think, to have scored in two World Cup finals. The stats are just absolutely insane. Mm. But that's probably not a consolation to him. I mean, I suspect it is a little bit, to be honest. But yeah. I, I I also I think you've made a point that this crossed my mind when I was listening to the sort of some of the breakdown of what's gone on um sort of the day after and this sort of idea that I think Phil tweeted this actually as well and was saying about you know how some players are we as the viewing public as it were we look at and we say oh why doesn't so and so defend why doesn't so and so track back etc and maybe there's the argument that they're actually told by their coaches no we we don't want you to and there's two things that I pulled out of the the, uh, the audio I listened to. I can't remember who it was, but one one person was saying, I think it might have been Julian Rons actually, was sort of saying, well, if you if you have a truly elite talent in your squad, you you will you'll you'll sort of accept that as his, as his teammates. When you know somebody is genuinely that brilliant, you'll accept somebody not tracking back, whereas you won't get away with that if you're an average player. And the other side to that argument is it's Mbappe who wants to play wide. He is the one who wants to play that wide role and cut in from the, the wing. And I guess the only argument I would have to that if I was his manager would be to say, well, that's fine. We, we'll quite happily play to your strengths and you can play from it. But if you're going to do that, you're going to have to do that because we can't have our centre forward dropping back into midfield doing your work for you. So I guess it's kind of it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Because it, how he became more effective in, in this final was being moved centrally because he had, and although Turam didn't make as much of an impact as Colin Moani, I still thought his, for a big guy, he can move, can't he? And, you know, he, he can get up and down that that wing. And those two together provided that opportunity for, for Mbappe. So I, it's a really tough one. Um, and clearly when you're that good, you kind of do, you know, adjust to what, what he wants you to do. In the extra time period, did you feel like I did? Because I felt once France had done that, quote unquote the hard work I thought there was only one winner in extra time because Argentina looked shattered and I was as shocked as anyone to see them go back in front um although as try as try as Licky sort of tries as try as hard as they can I don't really buy into this idea that the goal should have should have been disallowed I don't know if you saw well, that I've, I've got an issue on that actually but um okay. no once it got to extra time I thought it was 50 50 again I thought France I just wish they'd gone even more for the jugular before the 90 minutes. Mm. I, you know, they had another, with the injury time, probably like 15 minutes after the second goal. Um, and Argentina were on the rack and I felt like France didn't go for it as much as they could have done. I mean, I know they, you know, Messi almost scored the, practically the last kick of the 90 minutes, but I felt like that was when that was the chance. I thought if, if it went to extra time, it would give Scaloni a chance to just calm everyone down. And that then it would, it would sort of more, it would even out again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt about that. In terms of the goal, my issue wasn't the, you know, I did actually notice that and sort of joked that it shouldn't be allowed for that reason, but you know, it is wrong, but it's you know, ridiculous. But my issue is more that um, I can't remember which player it was. It wasn't. It wasn't the offside that they checked on VAR. And again, I 
just put that down to Varane being absolutely shattered. I mean, yeah. it was only a couple of minutes later when he did go off, he could barely, you know, he basically just fell. He couldn't stand, he couldn't stay I on f- his legs anymore. I felt that hard, I must admit. I felt that. Yeah. In there, um, in that, yeah. But it was more in the build-up just before that, there was a player who was offside, didn't get the ball, but then was back onside and got the ball. And mm. I don't know what the difference is between that and Griezmann against Tunisia. Again, there's just no consistency. Mm. Um, but I guess I'm in the minority because I haven't seen a single other person mention it. <laughs> I, I, just, I just felt like um, <clears throat> the, the whole point that keep made, yes, by the letter of the law, that is correct. And there's also quite amusing video going around of the French players running to the corner to celebrate and yeah. one of the players being, is it Fofana? I think being pushed off because there's this ridiculous rule that if you have all your players off the pitch that allows the opposition to kick off regardless. So silly rules that probably are a bit prehistoric that should should be gone by now. Um, I thought, just, I, by the way, the Lekit thing, I don't think they were at all like suggesting seriously that no you know, i think there's a little bit of baiting going on obviously the english press have done it a different way i mean i saw the i saw english media a couple of twitter people saying oh typical equipe and but also you know Giroud and dembele were so bad lecky didn't even give them one out of ten that's because mm. they weren't on the pitch for 45 minutes so they didn't get a mark that's how i keep work so do some basic research. I know it doesn't matter, but do some basic research before. You can't expect English broadcasters to do research. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> tell me your thoughts as Colin Mwani went streaking through on three ninety-three thirteen minutes or whatever it was, 120 plus three. I mean, my heart was just in my mouth. And and do you... I've, wa- I've watched this chance probably more than I care to admit. Um, there was three options. It was hit it as he did. And it, you know, as much as I'm kind of the Emmy Martinez thing, it goes over my head a lot of it, to be honest, because, you know, I, I know sort of the personality is anyway, but it was a very good save. I can't deny that. But is there an argument to say, could he have lifted it? Is there also an argument to say he could have squared it and Bappe's kind of level with him on the left hand side? Or is it just one of those that nine times out of 10 that goes in and it's game over? Um, because that, yeah. that was that's the moment, isn't it? That was just that moment was so cruel. Because what what a, a winner and what a player to get it having earned that opportunity. Yeah, no, I think um, it happens quickly. But you know, I don't certainly don't think he. You know, the way it sort of fell to him, he would have necessarily seen that Mbappe was there to pass it to. And yeah, obviously with hindsight, you could say maybe he should have chipped it or. Whatever I don't know. Look, he kept you know. To be fair to Martinez, he came out very quickly. Colomuani kept it low and on target, which mm. is pretty much all you can ask, I think. Yeah, very good save. Yeah, yeah. It was a very sort of Schmeichel esque save from from back in the day when he kind of invented the starfish almost. But yeah, I yeah, I just I just I genuinely thought it was in. <laughs> I just thought like. It just was such an opportunity, and and that would have been it. I put there on Twitter as well. You know, it was like the um, the Zidane header in the two thousand and six final. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think I saw your tweet about that. Um, and then ultimately went to penalties, and and yeah, I think like you said, look with the Martinez thing. Um, as I said earlier on, it's basically it's Brighton's fault that he even got an opportunity. So we're going to hold them responsible. But um, no jokes aside, if if anything, it's Neil Marpe's fault. But uh. He, yeah, he, he's he's a big character. Um, 
I'm not really that vexed about the whole celebration thing. I'm not really that vexed about how he is. As a, I mean, you know, he, that is just how he is. That is his personality. I do have a slight issue with the Shumeni incident in that it would take a brave referee to, you know, to book and then potentially send him off in the same incident. But it is, there is a very fine line, isn't there? Because if you're going to, if you're going to pull back penalties for goalkeepers coming sort of an inch off the line, is there an argument of saying when you blatantly are winding up the crowd and and getting in a player's head and then throwing the ball away? Um, I don't know. Where do you stand on it? Because Shurmany's penalty wasn't bad. It just slightly dragged. I thought Coman's was actually probably a worse penalty, if I'm honest. But it, I don't know. There's something about it for me that as soon as Mbappe put his away, I had no issues with that. But I never really felt confident. And I know it sounds harsh, but I never really have confidence that, that Loris is going to save any penalties either. No, I think um, Martinez's gamesmanship is really shitty and I don't think keepers should be allowed to do that. And it should be simple. The referee takes the ball, the referee puts it on the spot. Um, no waiting for the keeper to pass it to you and accidentally not pass it to you and all that crap. Mm. I don't think... I don't believe Martinez got in the French players' heads. I think it was already in their heads that Martinez is a good penalty saver and Loris is not. Mm. So I think there was already more pressure on France before the, before the shootout even started. Um, and that France have got a terrible record in penalty shootouts, especially after a three all draw. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily to do with Martinez's games yesterday. I just think, yeah, I just I feel like Argentina just started the shootout with a big advantage. And yeah. for what it's worth, even without Menor, I would have kept Kunde on the pitch and taken off Loris and brought Ariola on. Mm. That would have been in that yeah, that really would have been an interesting one. Um do you, do you want to say anything about I think you kind of touched on it earlier on, but I mean, do you do you want to mention anything in relation to sort of the messy situation. I mean, like I say, you know, credit when credit's due, like Argentina took advantage of a, a very poor France sort of 80 odd minutes and, and ultimately got what they came for. I think I said they were likely to win it to start the tournament, just had a feeling. I think you were quite similar. It is, it is kind of, um, it had that written in the stars field, didn't it? the messy thing and and everything and, and I, I still still maintain I don't think he was like over the I don't think he was the best player at the tournament or anything like it. He had some flashes and some moments. Um but yeah I mean he he is undisputably like the greatest player of our generation, would that be fair to, to give that him and, and Argentina some credit there? He's brilliant and I thought he was very, very, very good yesterday. I mean I just think you need to look at all you need to do is look at his goals this tournament. Okay, Mbappe scored two penalties yesterday, but six non-penalties. Mm-hmm. Messi is like four penalties out of his seven goals. And, yeah. you know, we can look at those penalties and the one that was missed as well. Let's just say I do feel like, not conspiracy theories, but I do think there was some kind of subconscious airing towards Messi if there was ever any kind of debate. And as we said yesterday, I just don't think that was a penalty. Either that's not a penalty on Dembele or be consistent. If you're saying any kind of touch equals a penalty, then give Turam a penalty instead mm. of booking him for diving because he was touched. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I don't think enough has been made of that, by the way. 
personally. No. But, um, yeah, Messi was excellent yesterday. Um, I haven't, I didn't watch enough of him throughout the tournament. I do feel like he's kind of like, you know, Paul McCartney's got to that stage where he's been releasing absolute shit for 30 years. And just because it's Paul McCartney, people say it's masterpiece. I think, you know, Messi has long since gone past that stage where even when he has an average match or scores a tap in, people say, you know, only Messi can score something like that. He's been very good. And but I think the most impressive thing is he didn't miss a minute all tournament. Yeah. You said earlier about Giroud running himself into the ground and virus and non-virus, but still at Messi's age to be able to play every minute with that pressure on him, I think, you know, you've got to give him credit for that. Mm. And I don't think he was fit the whole tournament either. I still maintain that. I don't think at any point he was fully fit. And and it has to be said, he has been very good for, for PSG this, this season in the build-up to this tournament as well. So... Um, and anyone that can put up with that much Gianni Infantino before getting awarded the trophy deserves a, a nod of appreciation in my book because that was cringe of all cringes as that. Oh, he's just he's just unsufferable, isn't he, that bloke? I don't know who's worse, him or Blatter. Anyway. I mean, um, two very, very minor consolations. The first year that Loris didn't have to have that awkward situation of having to wear a robe to lift the trophy, which I thought yeah. was disgusting. And secondly, just trying to imagine what mood Cristiano Ronaldo is in today. Oh, yeah. And and Piers Morgan, you put in that box as well. That was <laughs> definitely entertaining. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, sort of commiserations to the team. And and, and I, I have to say, they, they did do us proud. I mean, there was moments, like you said, pre-tournament, so many players dropping like flies and... Uh, you know, injuries in the tournament as well. Let's not forget about um, Lucas Hernandez, who, of course, lost, you know, left the tournament injured as well as Benzema and the injuries pre-tournament. As we look at... So just quickly, France are, as a nation, obsessed with being magnificent losers. There's like Mm. Twitter accounts dedicated to it. There's a guy called Raymond Poulidor who famously finished second or third in the Tour de France for sort of 10 years in a row and never won it. And he's just like a national icon. I think there's, and France are obsessed with the semi-final defeat against West Germany in 1982. And it's almost like, you know, they prefer that people of a certain age prefer that match to the world cup wins um, just because there's something about romantic defeat. So I think at some point, people will be able to look back at this match and sort of say, you know, what France did, if you ignore the first 80 minutes, to have that character to come back and make it such an epic match mm. is is great. And I think it will be looked back on fondly and with a lot of pride, but obviously it, it hurts a lot at the moment. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. To, to get that far and then have it taken away like that. And I suppose if the, foot, if the boot was on the other foot, we, you know, and, and France won it on penalties, I guess we'd have been saying, well, what an amazing sort of way to win it. So I suppose you kind of have it both ways. Before we, um, before we get out of here today and before we then start uh, dusting off Liga again, because it will return on, I think it's the 28th, isn't it? Of December, two days after Boxing Day, that we're, we're all back again and, and we, we have to pick up what's left of the season. Um, looking ahead to the Euros then, uh, it's a long way away, but two questions for you. One, do you see Didier Deschamps continuing? And if you do, um, I mean, if you want to, you can name a team, but any of those sort of players that the younger players, the younger generation, uh, either that were named in this squad or maybe that just missed out that you can see building the future because 
it shouldn't we shouldn't overlook the fact that there's a very exciting generation coming isn't there yeah i mean that, that's another thing you look at the the players that ended up on the pitch for france yesterday i mean most of them not even at the start of the season but sort of six weeks ago probably would never have imagined themselves in the france squad let alone you know having narrowly missed out on on winning the world cup so and I say six weeks ago, I mean, just remember how bad they were against Tunisia. So for some of those characters to show the character to come back and play well, um, really when the chips were down, I think, um, says a lot about them as well. So I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of players who will be there or thereabouts. I mean, Turan and Kolomuani sort of led the revolt at 24, uh, 25 and 24, respectively. It's actually not even that young. Um, but you know, I think they they were really impressive. I've said before, you know, I didn't rate Turan that highly when he was at, at Gangon, but I think he's really turned into a fantastic player. Colin Muani, I just against Tunisia as well. He was where he was seen to be the only player trying. I just I love what he's done. He's the leading assister in his first season in Bundesliga. You know, that again speaks to his character. I think Nkuku will hopefully come back well as well. Yeah. Um, obviously Mbappe. So that's already a forward line. And that's before talking about, uh, what's his name at Bayern? Is it Tells? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The former Ren lad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matthias Tell, is it? Yeah. Matthias yeah. Tell. Yeah. yeah. For example, I mean, I haven't seen enough of him, but if Bayern are investing whatever it is, 25 million and more on a 17 year old who's barely played a professional match clearly there's huge talent there as well you know still like the likes of Guiri or Kalimwendo who might be able to go up another level so there we're sorted I think Loris will probably retire the thing is it's only 18 months till the Euro now but mm. I wouldn't be surprised if if Loris retires and gives Menor his chance and we know what a great keeper he is um midfield we've seen that there's talent there to work with I still don't think Guendouzi is up to it or Vera too but Kamavinga I thought was fabulous yesterday mm. you know he, we talked about how even his match against Tunisia can be looked at in very different ways but I thought he really added a lot yesterday for Fana, I still don't know but many I think you know the team can clearly be built around him centrally um I'd still need to stay there for a while. I still think he's got the intelligence. If you're losing the likes of of Loris and, and Giroud at both ends, I think it's important to have someone like Giroud in there. Mm. Um, Centre-backs, you know, Varane is still 29, still not even 30, so he should still be there at least for one more tournament. And then you've got Saliba, Upamecano, Kanate has won me over this this tournament. Mm. Disazi has shown a bit of character as well. So I still think there's, you know, there's some huge strength and depth there. I'm mm. going to speak slowly while I find another email uh, <laughs> that I saved with, with the names of some of the players that could be. I can give you a couple while you're doing that. Um, Kakare is obviously one we've got our eye on at, at Leon, as well as um, the right fullback, uh, whose name has just escaped me. With the big but that's to me that that's what I was coming to. I still think fullbacks are the massive problem. Yeah. Malo Gusto, I think, that's the is one. another Teo, like good going forward, not absolutely convinced defensively, but he's got time to learn. Mm. 
I, I feel like he can be because he's got the athleticism. I feel like he, if he's coached right, um, and who better than than Laurent Blanc to get the best defensive side of him out? But I feel like he's got all the tools. Whereas uh, sort of Teo, I think he he's a bit older that he he is what he is as a as a left wing back. I, I still think he's one of the best around. If you if you go because let's not forget Deschamps did like the three at the back pre tournament and then it all changed. So I mean, if he goes back to three, um, and I guess I'm slightly biased. I know you are a fan as well, but I feel like Saliba going to this tournament has actually will actually have done him the world of good. Not really playing in a strange way because I feel like he will have at least got to grips with what's expected at this level in an under yeah, Deschamps. Yeah. And um, I, w- I wouldn't actually be surprised if Ferran retired now, would you? I, I don't know. I just have that feeling. I wouldn't maybe... be surprised, but I don't think he will. Mm. Yeah, um, like I said, he's still in his 20s. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Pogba and Conte do. As well. I literally took the words right out of my mouth. Conte, I think, is more likely to, to call yeah. it a day because of the yeah. injuries. And I feel like Pogba... Um, I think he will stick around because we haven't even seen him at Juve, have we? Let's be honest. So it depends on his form because uh, Deschamps is clearly not just going to pick him on reputation alone. Um, but yeah, the, there's a few. And then some of the other players that are on the fringes like Terrier, pre, pre-tournament, just missed out. I'm interested to see if his form is is something that he can carry on. Benjamin Burrigo. If he can maintain his form, yeah, no reason why not. Mm. I found that email, uh, tweet. Camavinga 20, Saliba 21, Truamani 22, Mbappe 23. Can I, I mean, it's easy to forget Mbappe, obviously 23, but has already got that experience. Truamani 22, I think he's got one of the youngest outfield players in the World Cup. And mm. he's the most, well, not the most experienced, that's Rabio, but, you know, an indisputable starter because they were stretched so thin and mm. by the way i don't think we said enough about rabio he started the match slowly i thought he was absolutely immense yeah agreed, um, yeah when you know when france started turning the screw and another one that could barely walk at the end and mm. i thought he was fantastic and across the world cup you know we've talked about it but the criticism he's had previously i just i thought he was fabulous yeah he, he he did. I think he did change a lot of people's opinions. Um, Definitely in this World Cup, I I, I do completely agree. Even with that. in the semi final when he didn't play, I think it highlighted how important he's been. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like he was a very good, uh, dare I say the word, role model. But I thought he brought Shuman yeah, 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 with yeah. him as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and and as you said, pre tournament for all the talk of you know his mum and all that goes with him. Manchester United wanted him for a reason. So, you know, it, it's he's clearly not a busted flush um, at all. Um, I, think both, I think he and his mum have been very badly and unfairly treated. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Camavinga 20, Saliba 21, Chirameni 22, Mbappe 23, Canate 23, Fafana 23, Ganduzi 23, Kunde 24, Upamecano 24, Colomuani 24, Disazi 24, Dembele, whatever, 25, Teo 25, Turam 25, there's some, still some good players there. Yeah. And that's not even including players that we are still yet to see break out. Like you said, I mean, Guiri, for example, and and the Kakaris of this world. Um, and, and you look at that under-21 setup, there's a lot of very good players in that in that under-21 setup. Um, and Zola Fay, who knows? You know, maybe I'm stretching it a bit there, but I've got a dream. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um we will kind of wrap it up there. I just literally one sentence from you, really. Are you excited is the wrong word, but are you 
cautiously optimistic that we'll still have a decent league in the second half of the season as we resume in a week's time. And um, wouldn't it be quite nice to see Mbappe and Messi lift the Champions League still, even though it's PSG? It'd be quite a nice way to end the season, wouldn't it? Um, I think... I tried. <laughs> I think Messi will probably win the Ballon d'Or, whether he deserves it or not. He might as well stop voting. Or yeah, no, Everyone else should stop trying now. Um, it depends what you mean by a good league season. I still think the other 19 teams will put, put on a good show. Mm. And I think it'll be fascinating to see what happens with PSG. I think, as, as we discussed, I think there'll be issues in all leagues, especially with the bigger teams, because there's going to be a natural decompression. But I feel PSG more so than anywhere else. I mean, not even just the players, but the whole club is was, I felt, everything was about leading up to this Qatar World Cup. And mm. it's been perfect for them with Messi and Mbappe starring all the way to the end and into the final. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether the Qataris lose interest in the sort of medium to long term. But yeah, on the pitch, I think it'll be interesting because I just can't see Messi or Neymar summoning anywhere near the motivation that they had in the first half of the season. Mm. As Mbappe, I think, still feels like he's got a lot to prove and a lot to win. Mm. It'd be very interesting to see how many of those three, if any, are available for Strasbourg on the 28th. I suspect none, personally. Um, but I, I may, you know, may be wrong. But yeah, yeah I'm generally... if, I haven't heard yet if McAllister's playing for Brighton against Charlton this week. Either. Did you see the video they tweeted? Um, which is basically him, just like cuts of him laughing at various different and they're like are you going to play for play against Charlton Alexis and it's just him chuckling uh but yeah I, I do um I do wonder I do wonder how much we'll see of those players uh 28th and 29th 1 returns Ajaxio, Angers, Trois, Nantes, Auxerre, Monaco, Clermont, Lille, PSG, Strasbourg, Brest-Lyon on a Wednesday, Lorient, Montpellier, it's the Crystal Derby, uh Reims, Rennes, Nice, Lens and Marseille, Toulouse are on the Thursday the 29th so that's probably when you will hear from us again. Um, it is at time of recording uh, the 19th of December. So we are going to take a bit of a Christmas break now. Um, we need to lick our wounds and get past what has has, fall, has sort of fallen upon us, if you will. But we will be back with our, our league on coverage resuming again. I would imagine probably the first week into the new year, um, depending on Jez's schedule and mine. We'll see what we can do, but no promises. But we will be back. Uh, thank you for accompanying us on this journey. Um, I think it's fair to say we we achieved a lot, uh, just sadly not quite exactly what we wanted at the end. But um, credit to the players and and to all the supporters who went out there and, and everything that went with it. It's been emotional. But uh, Jazz, I think we've done well. We've, um, we've kept it fairly positive and fairly balanced. And uh, yeah, thank you to to you for joining me for these these shows throughout this pretty interesting world cup i think it's fair to say so thank you very much it's been almost perfect yeah <laughs> can't have it always can we <laughs> um but yes credit to the credit to the players the coaching staff and everyone involved and uh, let's hope all the supporters get home safely as well like i say we'll be back for our league and coverage and uh and of course champions league to come as well but wherever you are look after yourselves and um, have a, a lovely festive period whatever particular sort of things you may well get up to and uh, yeah, Jess, we'll be back back in a week's time, eh?
we'll go again <laughs> we'll yep. go again but yeah thank you to you for your time thank you to everyone for listening uh keep it tuned for the future of the season and we'll be back before you know it uh, happy holidays everybody and uh we'll be back soon take care